1: The Race for the Ring, episode 105, The Choice, with Amber Lee. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening, in an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Go! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. We took a little hiccup last week because I was traveling to L.A. and um, did not have time to record a show. I have to get a few under the gun so that I can have a couple um, to safeguard me in the event that my schedule turns awry, which it has been as of late, which I'm not complaining about. Better to be busy than not, I've always said. But at any rate, we have an awesome Awesome show for you today. I'm interviewing um, um, an incredible matchmaker and relationship expert. Her name is Amber Lee, and she's the co founder of the Select Date Society. Um, she works with uber, uber high end clientele, matching them, um, and she comes with a hefty price tag. However, as we share later in the show, pretty much at the end of the show, don't skip to the end, but there's some good juicy information for how all of you can get involved in her services without paying a penny, um, and hopefully meet the love of your life. So we talk a lot about soulmates, um, Obviously, her industry, she met her husband in a very compelling way, so we dive into some of that, and um, she offers some insight to all of you listening about how you should be more bold to hopefully find your soulmate too, and the difference in soulmates and how to be open-minded and, and not look for the soulmate and think it's going to happen overnight. That definitely takes work and some curating, so to speak, to get to that point, and And we also touch on the fact that we can all have more than one soulmate in our life. So that gives us all of us hope, those of us who have found and perhaps lost love, um, that there's other people out there that are going to fill the cup back up and hopefully overflow it. So without further ado, we'll get right into it with Amber Lee. Hello, Amber. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Mindy. It's so good to be here. So you have such an interesting field. I've interviewed matchmakers in the past on the Race for the Ring. I always am fascinated by the field and the industry. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you found this calling? Like, what was it that drew you to kind of like help people find their true love?
0: Yeah, so it's it's I guess an interesting story and a not so interesting story. So I've been in the industry since 1998, um, when I was literally 18 years old. I um, started my college career at age 16, so I was a little bit advanced as a teenager. Went to college at 16. Thought I was wow. going to go to law school. I really wanted to be an attorney, and I actually answered a classified ad in the newspaper. That's how long ago oh, I this know, was. With, I- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember those I don't think I ever did but I remember reading them yeah, yeah it's like that song um the, like not the coconut song you know what I'm talking about the piña colada song I haven't you know heard what talking that. About? No, oh, no, you <laughs> I'll spare everybody about it. I was about to break out in saw. It's anyway they talk about like answering a newspaper ad. Yeah, right, so on. that's I mean you that's like, how long okay. I've been in
0: this industry. And so okay. between semesters in the summer, I answered an ad to answer phones at a matchmaking company in Michigan, where I'm from. And I just fell in love. Like I fell in love with the clients and the process. And I I just told my parents I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm meant to do. And I haven't looked fact.
1: That's so fantastic. What was it about it that you loved so much? Was it because you were helping people and giving them hope or that everybody had a unique story? Um, Or is anybody, I I would think that you may have run into some personalities to say the least in that industry that I don't know if I personally would love. (laughs) But I could be wrong. Yeah. So, you know, I
0: love a challenge. And so, even like the challenging personalities or the people with like crazy expectations, I actually mm-hmm. have, they've become some of my favorite clients. I love having difficult conversations and getting people over the hump, so to speak. And mm-hmm. yeah, I fell in love with the people. We work with such inter- interesting clients. I mean, I, celebrities and athletes and, you know, CEOs and executives. So I was fascinated just by the people that we were working with. And then I was really good at it. I had so many great people fall in love and pursue relationships. And I truly felt like that's what I meant to do um, in this lifetime. It's interesting. I actually recently had a a reading with an astrologer who's Mm -hmm. amazing. Like she's a world renowned astrologer has been doing it over 30 years. And And I don't know anything about this stuff, but she told me like the line between, um, oh, I don't even remember. But basically the line between like my purpose and the symbol for love, like there was a straight shot there. Like she's like, you are walking in your purpose. This is what you're meant to do.
1: That's so crazy. That's awesome. It's so interesting, though, because if you never had that experience, you never would be doing what you're doing right now, right? You probably would have gone to law school and maybe enjoyed it, but you would have maybe never been as fulfilled as you are today. I find that a lot with myself, too. Like I started in uh, broadcast journalism, which led me into public relations, which ultimately led me, and I'm still in the industry, but led me into um, pursuing some other interests as well, like, you know, psychology and things like that. And having this show made made me interested in helping couples and people and help them kind of like work on themselves so that they can find the love that they want. Um, and all that. So cool. So let's talk a little bit about your love because, um, your, your husband is in the same industry too, in in a sense, not exactly doing the same thing, but you're both in the love sector. (laughs)
0: Yes, he is. So I, I introduce couples, I match them and get them together. And then my husband, Mike, um, sometimes helps to coach them through any roadblocks that they come across he is a relationship coach for couples and he does amazing work actually just yesterday I walked by our home office and the door was closed he was on a call with a couple and I just heard a little piece of it and when he got off the call I just told him I was like you are so meant to do what you're doing like you're making such a difference and I have so much respect for you and I, I just adore him he's amazing
1: that's awesome which leads me to the topic of the show with the soulmate so um some of what you're saying and I wholeheartedly agree that it's really important to be friends as well as lovers right yes can you talk to me and it's what you just shared that's so sweet and like I'm sure that meant so much to him and you have like from what you're sharing with me seems to have I'm sure it's true like this incredible amount of respect for him and I'm sure he has that for you but that's not only always- the case in couples, married couples, dating couples, what have you. So let's talk a little bit about that, the 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 friendship being like essentially the foundation for happiness, if you will.
0: Yeah, I always tell people a lot of times I'll have reporters reach out to ask like what makes a marriage work or what makes a relationship work. And mm-hmm. I think a solid friendship and part of that is like being able to laugh easily together. And so life is going to throw you all kinds of curveballs. You're going to experience difficult times. You're going to experience times where you get on each other's nerves and you want to call it quit. Hits, but you have to be able to laugh together and to find the humor in the situation to really make it through. I think that's so important. And I think that Mike and I have that, but I'll, I'll tell you, like when I met him um, 11, actually almost 12 years ago, um, I don't know that we had that right away. Like the idea of like, oh my gosh, this person is my soulmate. Yes, we had strong chemistry. Yes, we had a powerful connection. But for somebody to be your soulmate, I don't think that it's something that happens like overnight. I think somebody becomes your soulmate after you've been together for years and you've developed that real deep connection where it's almost like mm-hmm. they become family to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Um, do you think people can have more than one soulmate? Absolutely. I know that there's different types of soulmates and we'll get into that in a little bit, but in terms of romantic soulmates, absolutely. Do you believe- yeah. You
0: do? Yeah. Why? It's just like you're going to experience different types of love during your lifetime. Um, everything, every person that you meet brings something unique to the table. And I mm-hmm. think that uh, multiple people could potentially become your soulmate for a season. I don't think that there's one soulmate that you have to spend your entire life with.
1: Really? yeah okay that makes me feel better <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, i mean i'll tell you i so we so have I'm single so that i'm, I'm, I'm miss the boat all right go ahead yeah, yeah so, are you so say?
0: for example like at select date society at our matchmaking firm we have a couple right now they're both widowed a widow and a widower mm. they've been um dating for i think six months to a year now it's fairly new um but they have both shared with us they never thought they would experience love again and it's very different from the love that they had with their spouse. Um, and, they, and it's a different type of coaching that we do to get them through that hump because it's almost like you feel guilty in a way for, yeah. for loving someone yeah. again or for feeling that yeah. way. But you yeah. can definitely experience like an amazing love more than once in your lifetime.
1: How about divorced people? Do they ever feel guilty? (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: divorced people are excited. They are. (laughs) They're excited to find new love. They're uh, truly, uh, truly, by the time that we work with them, they're at a good headspace where they're really hopeful and they're excited about, you know, basically beginning the next chapter with the right person.
1: Yeah, it's true. for most people, I think that's probably normal. I guess that's why I probably need to go back to <laughs> therapy. You're not quite no, there. Yet. I just feel like I'm very close with my ex-husband. Um, not in a romantic way uh-huh. anymore, obviously, but he's, you know, family to me. I love him as a, you know, person and the dad of my children. And and I I guess because I haven't really been in anything significant since we've been divorced and we've been divorced a while. I mean, it's not like a day, it's like six years basically. Uh-huh. I feel like once I do, and it's been so long, maybe two, I bet I've been single. So I feel like almost bad, like to kind of be like, oh, I have dating someone now. Like, I don't know. Is that normal? You've never that, seen that. That's ever. totally
0: normal. How old are your oh, children?
1: My. Daughter is going to be fourteen, and my son is ten. Okay, in the next, so couple, it's not like, like them being like they actually think there's something wrong with me that I'm not, mommy. Why don't you have a boyfriend, mommy?
0: Yeah, but you know, what? in the next couple of years, you'll probably focus more on your personal life. I feel like once your ten year old gets to the teen years, and you're kind yeah. of like over that, like really needing to be there twenty four seven. You're almost there in the next couple That's of years. That's true. Things actually, will
1: change. yeah. That's probably true because my daughter's never home. Like I barely see her on the weekends now. She's so busy with her social life. Yep. Like I'm basically an Uber driver for her. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be. But like, yeah. But he still wants to. Well, I don't know if he wants to, but he's still hanging out with me. Yes.
0: Yes. And once he stops hanging <laughs> yeah. out with you, you'll be like, okay, now is the time for me to find my person to hang out with.
1: Yeah, very true. Very true. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, oh wait, before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, but I didn't want to interrupt you. How did you meet your husband? So I met Mike in the grocery (laughs) store um.
0: So the interesting thing, Mike is visually impaired, so he didn't see me. I saw oh, him. Wow. Yeah. Is he
1: blind?
0: Yeah. He uses a cane, the long white okay. cane. So, okay. um, I saw him. I was checking out, and he was waiting for an assistant to help him shop. And uh-huh. he's such a handsome man. He's like six two, and you know, tall, dark, and handsome. He was wearing a blazer and jeans and cowboy boots. Oh, I would like him. I, I was like,
1: I'd be, I'd be going up to him. Yeah. Too. I was I like, who is this
0: guy? And as a matchmaker, I naturally look at everyone's ring fingers. So I see he has no mm-hmm. ring on. And um, mm-hmm. then I noticed his cane. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and I actually walked out of the store and I, I had this crazy feeling come over me, like literally like oh my gosh, you're meant to know that person. And it's almost like I was coaching myself in my head. I'm like, what do I tell women all the time? Like, if you see an opportunity, men appreciate being approached. Like, don't just wait for him to make the first move. Absolutely. Men love it when women are confident and will approach them. And so I like- coached myself in that you know 2 minutes and walked back into the store and found him and introduced myself um of course I'm a matchmaker so I said to him like hey I know this is weird but I'm a matchmaker I was wondering if you're single um so if he wasn't it wasn't like I was hitting on him right, right. it wasn't easy like you're out. doing your
1: due diligence for your job <laughs> right <laughs> yes. right yes
0: Yeah. yeah yeah but we he was single and we exchanged numbers and that's how it all started
1: so he said, I'm single. So did you say, um, I'm actually asking for me?
0: So actually, <laughs> so Mike is so funny. So the first thing he said to me, he said, well, the question is, are you single? So he just like oh, put it back in my lap. And so then like, I was like, like okay this is going
1: somewhere. That's so awesome. I love that story. Do you, have you had a lot of your clients do the same in terms of going up to
0: guys? You know, so we um, work with clients in terms of like, we're matching them. So we're putting them in front of people, but absolutely. I tell them, um, especially women who are sometimes afraid to make the first move. Um, but men too, sometimes like have that little bit of, um, hesitation, men fear rejection. And so they're a little bit afraid. And especially nowadays, like you're afraid of just approaching a stranger. So everyone's so guarded. So I mean, there's certain ways that you want to do it with class, but I absolutely tell clients like your gut is there for a reason. If there's like an instinct or something like pulling you towards somebody, you should absolutely listen to that and absolutely strike up a
1: conversation. Okay. I'm going to take that advice. Thank you. You should. And everybody listening too. you. Okay. All right. So let's get into some of the soulmates situations um, and like the ins and outs of the soulmate. So um, basically, how do you know that the person is indeed your soulmate? What are like the main, um, I guess, like signs and things to look for that, you know, I mean, obviously someone you're in a romantic relationship with, right? Okay. So
0: I think, you know, number one, you can be yourself with that person. You're not walking on eggshells. You're not afraid of what to say next. Like you truly are just able to be present and in the moment and be yourself with that person. It seems very natural, seems very Mm -hmm. comfortable. Um, The the other thing is humor. Like I said, being able to laugh easily together, being able to um, to have a lighthearted approach to life together. I think that's a huge sign. And then also being able to communicate and be able to get through conflict. Now, that's something that doesn't always come natural. That's something you both may need to work on um, as Mm -hmm. far as figuring out like maybe your Enneagram types or your love languages and how you're going to communicate with each other. But if you are both committed to making that part of the relationship work and figuring that out um, and being open to communicating together in a way that the other person receives, um, once you've got those three things, like you're good to go.
1: Okay. Can you ever fall out of love with your soulmate? Is that something that it can happen or are you like in it forever once you're in it? Yeah,
0: you can. I mean, what you just said about your ex, he might be a soulmate in some ways. I think of like Hmm. Demi Moore and Bruce uh, Willis. I feel like they probably have a soulmate connection. Like they're just one big happy family and they're no longer romantically in love, but there's a real deep love and a deep connection there. Um, I think
1: there are a lot of relationships where that happens for sure. Okay. Okay. So not to be dismayed. You could just the, the love can just turn into something different. Yeah, yeah, I really
0: do think that a true soulmate like becomes family. They become part of your world. Um, you know, Jada Pinka Smith and Will Smith are probably not the best example of this, but I think that they they may have a relationship that's very complicated and toxic, but I think they They definitely feel like they have a soulmate connection where they're just Mm -hmm. like in it no matter what, like they're connected there. It's beyond romantic at this point, like they're family.
1: Okay. And you call like, is this your words, the soul, tra- the soulmate trap? Is that you saying that? Or That's not. I, okay. that's, okay, I would right, say okay. that.
0: It, okay. Yes, it is a trap for okay. sure. I think, okay. so the big thing that I see single people doing when they're dating, that's a huge mistake is just romanticizing the whole thing. Like they think they're going to have this romantic story of, you know, meeting their partner and it's going to be like instant connection and they're just going to know this is their soulmate. And, I think, you know, real relationships just don't start out in this cute little Hollywood way. Like they take mm-hmm. work and sometimes they hit road bumps and, you know, sometimes you break up for a while and you figure it out and you get back together. Like real life happens.
1: Right, right. Um. So so some people that do do that, right, that are basically like they have so many like deal breakers and yeah. this is they have like just their expectations are just not Real, like in sync with reality. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I always tell clients that your expectations should have to do with like your core values, your morals, how you see the world, how you want to raise children, how you want to build a life with somebody, whether that guy is five foot 10 or six foot two at the end of the day is not going to matter. You know, what mm. matters in a marriage and what makes a relationship work is so much more, you know, so much deeper than height or physical appearance.
1: True. And the physical appearance can change. I mean, someone got verbatim could get sick or, you know, lose your hair or, you know, anything could happen in life, right? So it's, you know, you want to be attracted to the person. For me personally, I... Aesthetics are important, but like I find, and I feel like this is probably so much better for working with someone like yourself, like a matchmaker. We're actually physically meeting the person in person before, you know, you might see them or what have you. Maybe you'll look at their picture before you agree or something like that, but at least on the apps, right? It's all aesthetics. And there was, I was out, like, I don't remember, maybe in the fall, I was out with some friends and there was like a group of us, there was like some girls and guys and there was one guy there that unfortunately he wasn't single but that's not it was fine but my my, my point is he, I was attracted to him and he was definitely had he been single someone I would have been very interested to date because of his personality when I first saw him I didn't really think much of it he was handsome but like not anything I'd be like oh my god the guy's so hot but then you know as the night wore on and we got to know each other more um, you know he was super attractive to me um, in fact, one of my friends was like, that's your type, right? And I'm like, I can't finish <laughs> <up."> <laughs> And she's like, I just, uh, now I know what your type is. She's like, it's so funny because I've been trying in my head to say, because like, she's like always trying to set me up with people. Um, I would try to set you up with all these different, but she's like, it's more the charisma, yes. and, like, the, like the personality and the fun and all of that. So it's like it, the inner beauty, I feel like shines through even more so. And that's it yeah. happens.
0: So we at Select A Society, we show photos. Like they're, you know, you want to find that somebody is attractive, um, but that's not like the the reason you're meeting them. And I have had so many couples who give feedback who say, you know what, I would have never chose this person on my own. Like if they were on an app, I would have just swiped the other way. Like there was nothing like that compelling about looking at their photo. But in Mm -hmm. person, there's so much more to chemistry than like a flat photo. Like the way Mm -hmm. somebody's voice sounds, the way they move, the way they carry them, the way they smell. Like there's mm-hmm. so many things that create chemistry and attraction
1: beyond what you can see in a photo. It's so, so true. Mm-hmm. So true. Um Okay. So let's get into, I guess... <laughs> some of the signs that you know you've met your soulmate you say that obviously you feel comfortable you feel at home they make you feel safe right like yes. all of those kinds of things and it's something that you it grows on you it's not like you're like all, well maybe it sounds like you kind of knew sort of in the beginning um, no, I you met, you yeah, no I will tell you yeah
0: I'll tell you so I, I knew that Mike was super attractive and funny and all the you know great things of somebody you'd want to date but I don't think either one of us was ready to be the right partner to each other like we yeah broke up at maybe like the five-year mark. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, just for like six or nine months and figured it out and got back together. And then since then, I would say we definitely have a soulmate connection. But before that, I think that there was a lot that we both needed to work through. And so I think that soulmates definitely more times than not grow over time. It's not an immediate connection with someone. I feel like you have to go through life with somebody. You have to experience what they say is all four seasons, you know, the good, the The bad, you have to see somebody at their best, see them at their worst, and really like that connection forms when you overcome some adversity together.
1: So with that said, let's go into some of the different soulmate, uh, I guess, relationships. So there's obviously the romantic one, and we kind of know what that is, right? Yes. Um, let me ask you this really quickly before we get into the others, just going off of what you were saying, sticking with the romantic soulmate um, genre, if you will. Uh, when you break up, do you think that's... I feel like people... Can almost appreciate the the person that they broke up with more, take them less for granted, perhaps. Obviously, do your own work on yourself and be a better partner. But I also think you might have a new perspective of what that relationship really is if you break up. I mean, not to say you have to break up to have a good relationship, um, but I I don't think it's such a bad thing. I know I say this because I have a a guy friend who um. Has this notion that, you know, if you break up with somebody, it was there's a reason you broke up. If it was supposed to be right, it should have, it would have just, you know, stayed the course and you would have ended up together. So he never goes back to old relationships. And I'm always like, you should be good. Because there's a girl that came back in his life, and I'm like encouraging him to go back to her. Not me, somebody else. (laughs) But he's he's a platonic friend. But I I always I I don't know. I I think there's something to say for that. In fact, I have a friend, um, I was just in LA and she met with her uh, ex-boyfriend from years ago and she still has this like attraction to him and she was like, I can't believe I would go back to him. I'm like, well he's a different person now. It was like, so like 15 years ago that you dated him, like, you know, he's, he's still the same foundation of a person, but he has new life experiences and more to bring to the table to a relationship and so do you. So you might be better for each other now than you would have been back then.
0: Yeah. What so this, think is, about that? this is what I'd say. Um, I, I do somewhat agree with your guy friend. I always tell people an ex is an ex for a reason, right? Okay. Um, he says that too, actually. Yeah, yeah. So like sometimes that. like yeah. if you have like just powerful chemistry and great sex and like a great, you know, connect physical connection, but they lacked like the foundational things that you need in a relationship. You know, no matter how much time has passed, like if they're not a good person at their core, if they don't see the world in a similar way that you do, it's just not gonna work. And so you might get tempted to go back to like that great physical chemistry, but it's probably not a good place to go. I will say though, like I said, I I broke up with my husband for a while and we got back together, but it was a short while, right? It wasn't years later. And our issues had nothing to do with who we were at our core. We very much were in alignment with like how we saw our lives and how we saw the world and had the same core values. And so those things have to be there. You're not going to, even if 15 years goes by, you can't say like, oh, maybe they've changed. Maybe they're a better person if they were a jerk back then and they cheated on you. If there's any kind of trauma or hurt or toxicity in the relationship, like don't revisit it.
1: I know. What's the point of that? Yeah. Usually people, You're just like, opening up the doors to way. get hurt
0: again. Yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah. hurt
1: again. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. 150%. And okay. you know what?
0: There are so, so many great single people out there. I think that's yeah. a mistake a lot of singles make as well. Like they feel like they just go back to kind of what's comfortable and what they know. And that's yeah. our natural instinct to stick yeah. with what we know. Um, well, it's, we're a creature
1: of habit, yes, right? Yes. Habit. It can be so yeah. uncomfortable yeah.
0: to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. But there mm-hmm. are truly amazing people out there. And so sometimes you have to step outside of yourself and get a little uncomfortable
1: to find the right person. I agree with you. That's really good advice. Um, Okay, soul partner. So what's a soul partner to you, Amber? What would you say? You know, I've never even um, considered that term. I would say
0: um, a soulmate and a soul partner to me would be similar, um, the same type of thing. It's interesting because I see more like partnerships nowadays than marriage. I feel like in our parents and grandparents generation, like the focus was on finding the person you marry and spend the rest of your life with. Whereas nowadays there are so many great healthy relationships that marriage isn't even on the radar. They're really like in this partnership um, where they're just doing life together.
1: Yeah. What's your definition
0: of a soul partner? Well,
1: According to this research, it's basically – it's not even romantically um, skewed, although that was a really good point. It can totally be that way. I think that it's basically like maybe a really good friend that perhaps you just have this connection to that doesn't matter how much time goes by. You just automatically fall right back in line where you left off and it's like you didn't miss a beat kind of thing because you're both like – you just have such mutual like I guess like – love for one another, whether it's romantic, I don't know if it's romantic or not, but you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, and then there's obviously companion soulmates, which is basically friends. So it's just the same kind of thing where yeah. they stay along their lifetime journey and things like that. Do you think, I mean, I know we talked a lot about friends and the, and the importance of having like a friendship as a foundation for a relationship. And I personally find that my strongest relationships that I've had in my life have started as friendships first. Yep. Um. But do you think that, or actually not think, I'm curious, do you do you think it's a good idea if you're like platonic friends for a really long time to like make the turn and then become like romantic partners in that way? I don't think you probably see that in your situation with right. matchmaking, but I'm just curious as like a expert in the love
0: so department. So it can certainly happen. There has to be a shift in both of you and how you view the other person, right? Because if you're viewing them as like a brother or sister, a friend, and you've kind of like drawn that line in your, you know, mentally um, right. put that line in the sand, it's really hard to cross over. But there certainly can be a shift. Usually it involves one person like making a really strong move. Like it has to be very clear to the other person what your intentions are. You can't just be like dipping your toes in. You almost have to like go all in and you have to create that chemistry. So the thing about relationships that are romantic are, they're polarizing there's like something about this there's that level of polarity and sometimes if you're just platonic friends you're missing that like there's not enough polarity there to make it like magnetic to make the attraction stick and so um, I think of Chelsea handler the comedian she's in this mm-hmm. new relationship with a man that she's been friends with forever and I don't oh, I didn't even hear about that yeah That's cool. yeah and I'm not sure what I don't even know the story and how they cross that line but she's like this great man has been in my life for years as a friend. And I never thought of him that way. And now he's like the love of my life. And so it can certainly happen. But my feeling is that he probably went in really strong and brought a lot of really strong masculine energy that maybe he previously hadn't brought to their friendship.
1: I gotcha that's a lot of that takes a lot of courage though too right because if the person doesn't reciprocate you're almost destroying your friendship a little bit or there's always that risk I guess that would be my worry if I were yeah you know it it might be a little
0: uncomfortable for a while but if you truly Mm -hmm. have like that soulmate partnership thing that you talked about um, you're gonna have like being able to laugh easily together you'll be able to laugh through it you'll you know be able to appreciate each other even when you make mistakes you'll give each other grace so I think you can get back to a friendship if it doesn't work out
1: okay, okay. so listening everybody listening has a friend <laughs> that you want to like kiss go ahead and kiss them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah go for it dip your toe your whole foot in the water don't not just use your fingernail okay so um let's talk a little bit about your services um we're almost out of time i'm curious to know a little bit about how you work um and i would think that you're probably very busy right now right um post-pandemic or sort of getting out of the pandemic. A lot of people are ready to date, looking for love, a little leery to sort of go about it themselves. The apps are not ideal, to say the least. I mean, it's something, it's better than nothing, but it's definitely not (laughs) Perfect. <laughs>
0: yes, we're right? extremely okay. busy. I think the one great thing that came out of COVID is so many people have kind of shifted their priorities and they realize mm-hmm. that finding their person is a huge priority for them. So we're extremely busy. Um, we work with just amazing professionals throughout the whole country. Um, we're expensive, so we're not for everyone. Our, our regular membership start at 25000 Our VIP level services start at 150000 and above. And so we're working with, you know, individuals who have their stuff together and they're Mm -hmm. really ready to find their person.
1: Okay. And so um, when you're working with people, say, in Florida, are you are are you matching them with people based on where they're located or kind of? circling the country and hoping that maybe people be willing to relocate? Like, how does that all that work?
0: Yeah, it depends so much on the circumstances. So someone like you, you have children who are in school who probably are not going to want to change their school system as teenagers. And so we'd be looking at a local match for you. We have other clients who have homes in LA and New York and are bi-coastal and, you know, maybe their kids are grown. And so they're totally open to a search nationwide. It really depends on the person, their circumstances, their resources, um, you know, mm-hmm. we let their clients uh, choose their own preferences, so to speak, to kind of set the
1: ground rules
0: um, in mm-hmm. which we play in.
1: Okay, gotcha. And is there any, any one particular age range that you're seeing more... Um, I guess, I guess busy, you're busier in one certain like age range than another or or more people that are maybe empty nesters coming out to the forefront now because maybe they were on lockdown by themselves, like something like that.
0: So that is such an interesting question. And we just uh, reviewed success stories the other day with our team and we were talking about this and there's, Mm -hmm. there's no rhyme or reason to it. We have clients of all ages. We have some really great success stories in their twenties. We have a couple right now in their sixties that I was telling you about who are both widowed. So it really just depends on the person, but it spans all ages. I would say, you know, most people that work with a matchmaker are like mid thirties to mid fifties or 60 ish, but it really, we have younger clients. We have older clients as well.
1: Okay. Awesome. That's good to know. All right. So how does everybody find you Amber Lee, if they want to look into you a little bit further and do you have any last minute advice for our singles out there listening?
0: Yes. So I would say everyone who is single should register with us. SelectDateSociety.com. So SelectDateSociety.com. Fill out the inquiry form. Even if you're not ready to hire a matchmaker, you can enter your information and be part of our network, which means when we do have a client who hires us, we may look at you as a potential match for that client. If you're a match for them, the client's paid us. It won't cost you anything. We'd love to facilitate an introduction. Um, And I would say if you are single and you're serious about finding love, look into hiring a matchmaker, look into hiring a dating coach, look into, you know, hiring the right professional to get it done for you. If you don't have the resources to do that, I would put yourself in every single database out there. Almost every matchmaker works the same way we do where, you know, they're a recruiter essentially for their clients. So they want to have a great network of singles. Put yourself in their network. You just never know who's going to have the right person for you.
1: That's great advice. I've been approached by a few. I guess they see me on Instagram and stuff like that. That's good though. I, I think we all should do that. Yes, you need to do it today,
0: Mindy. You need, you need to register with us today.
1: I will. I will. You think you have somebody for me? (laughs) I'll take a (laughs) look. And I'm my coastal. I have I'm moving to LA part time. Yeah, so. you know, that makes that opens up
0: a whole new world for you.
1: Yeah. Yes, a whole camp worms. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so, so much, Amber Lee. I really appreciate it. We're gonna put all of your contacts in the show notes and all the good stuff. And uh, hop on your website when we say to talk. Awesome. Thanks, Mindy. It was okay. great talking to you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And... Be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.